if I came to you and I said, I need help burning my ex a new one, what is your response? You're in the wrong room. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 185 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Getting close to 200. I know, I'm so excited. (laughs) We need to have a really good one on the 200th episode. Okay. Okay. Is that to say today's is not a good one? No, today is a very good one. (laughs) But before we talk about today's episode, David, a little bit more than two weeks to Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. That gives me two weeks to shop. (laughs) (laughs) We did have one person send in their favorite Christmas song. Shoot, what was it? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) So I did find out through some recent trivia that the most downloaded slash streamed Christmas song is All I Want for Christmas is You, which is... Mariah Carey? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is not um, like in the, the old traditional Christmas song canon it's a new one that kind of makes me sad <laughs> well why guess, not sleigh bells or jingle bells or yeah i know i thought Santa jingle Claus bells. Is coming to town i thought it would have been jingle bells but no but here's another piece of trivia is that jingle bells was actually the first music ever played in outer space jingle bells yep really mm-hmm. that's kind of unique hmm wonder if that Aliens liked it. I don't know. <laughs> so they should have did Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they should have done. All right. So we're not going to take up too much time today because we know y'all are probably trying to get stuff ready for Christmas. Things are crazy around the house. So we're just going to get to talking about the guest. Okay. Who it is? Our guest today is Anthony Cancel. See, he's got a cool last name like Claudette Chenevere. And yours not. Look, they made a whole video Sims. game out of your last name. Lori Sims. Most popular name ever. Oh, please. Look, there's all these Sims running around. Well, that's because you got a bunch of boys. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the video game. <laughs> So Anthony is the founder and CEO of Pro Se Dad, Pro Se Family Foundation. He helps dads in court and in life. Man, that's a job right there. He teaches dads to represent themselves in family court. Hmm. Without legal counsel? Well, he doesn't suggest doing it without legal counsel, but... He teaches you how to make sure your attorney is doing what they're supposed to. Right. I was going to say, at least, you you know, you kind of know what you don't know kind of thing. Right. You know what to ask and what you should be getting. Mm Mm-hmm. That's that's great. He says, if you don't do the work, you'll always be in court. Mm Mm-hmm. 
too bad I'm not a guy, and this wasn't 17 years ago, and that I knew Anthony, because he probably could have helped me stay out of the family court system so much. <laughs> yeah, that's too many changes in identity. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for too much. Oh, I got to say something. This is crazy, and it's completely off base. I read today that there were these embryos that were frozen 30 years ago that some lady had implanted, and they were born. Huh. She was three years old when the embryos that she had implanted were created. So does that make them 30 years old at birth? Well, that's what everybody's talking about. (laughs) It was really interesting. Okay. We're not going to go down that path, but I just had to tell you all that. That just kind of boggled my mind a little bit. See, that would be kind of cool in one way because then when I'm like, 40, I'm going to be like, I'm 70. You're like, what? (laughs) You look good for 70. (laughs) Well, you know how some babies look old Uh when they're born? And I always joke that the way you look when you're born is how you're going to look when you get old. (laughs) And somebody said, those babies do look like they're 30 years old. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Anyway. That's crazy that you can do that, though. Yes. He teaches skills for court, but hope they can use the skills in the rest of their life. Like we do with the Nacho Kids method. Yep. You can apply it to work. You can apply it to family outside of the blend. You can apply it to Walmart. Mm-hmm. You can apply it to crazy drivers. Mm-hmm. You got to get the skills, people. You got to get the skills. It's like butter. You can just put it on everything. One thing that we talk about, is the judge really corrupt or did the person just not get the answer they wanted? Hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of both. Yes, there is. Well, you know, I don't know that I would even go so far as to say corrupt. It could be that the the person that didn't get the answer they wanted also didn't have either they didn't have good representation or they, they weren't prepared as they should be. I mean, there's all kind of other reasons that I would say it didn't turn out in their favor before I would say it's corruption. That's kind of a big thing. Right. But say, for instance, and I'm just making this up, y'all, so don't hold me to any of this. Say you go to court and you're trying to get a change of custody. There's criteria that has to be met for the change of custody. So almost what changes in your life have happened? It's almost like insurance. You can't add somebody to your insurance unless there's a life-changing event. There's there's rules. There's qualifications. Mm-hmm. And different states have different things to, that when you go to court, you can have all this stuff against somebody. But if you don't meet those 10 qualifications or whatever, then the judge is within their right to not change custody. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Another thing he talks about is taking the emotion out of it. Mm. You know. It's it's hard to do. It is hard to do. But it's like with nachoing. If you take that emotion out of being a step parent and you kick into, quote, quote, babysitter mode, it's more effective. So when he says take the the emotion out of it, what you're, are you saying that like, as you're looking at it, you want to be objective and 
um, kind of like step back away from it so that you're not making emotional decisions or you're not reacting emotionally. Is that kind of what he's talking about? Yeah. Like you go into court or even talking to your attorney, you get all emotional. Right. Yeah. And you so don't end get up all telling upset. your attorney three hours of crap that don't matter to your case. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you bring up stuff in court that is irrelevant to your case. You feel yeah. like it is relevant, but it's not from a judicial standpoint. That's why I like watching Judge Judy. She'll like, shut up. That doesn't make any, make any difference in this case. Now, you know what? I'm telling you. <laughs> I got on this Judge Judy kick about three weeks ago. <laughs> so I started watching it, and I used to like Judge Judy. But I don't know if she's just old. She's crotchety, isn't she? Well, she's always been crotchety, but I see some ignorance there. Hmm. Yeah, like... This lady got hurt on this people's horse farm. And she starts saying how, well, there's not any metal poles on my driveway where I've got horses. Just, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and then there was something else and she was arguing with this person. And I'm thinking, you are not open-minded at all, Judge Judy. Well, here's the one I saw and I don't watch it. I just happened to see a couple episodes the other night. Oh, my gosh. They probably showed up on your feed because I was watching them. And I was laughing because of how she was completely just jumping down this girl's throat. But but she also, I think, crossed the line because she started actually calling the girl names. Like, she called her stupid Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm like, that is not professional. But then, you know. It's entertainment. Right. And then I reminded myself, look, this is – I, I get that it's a legitimate courtroom, but it's also entertainment, which mm-hmm. means I am pretty darn sure they tell her and everybody else there that you have got to make this funny and entertaining or edgy or whatever else. And the people that come into courtroom probably know that. No, oh, I'm sure they have to sign a release saying that they can't use anything she says against them. Yeah, because I was kind of shocked the girl didn't snap off at her because I'd been like, wait a minute. And you know, look, <laughs> we're not going to go to name calling here. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. So I think, anyway, all that to say, it's more of an entertainment factor than it is a, oh, this is what's going to happen if I go to court. <laughs> I've never been in a real courtroom where I ever saw any of those antics happening. Right. Well, and it's almost like, she was looking at things as black or white. Like, if she's never experienced it, then it doesn't exist. Oh, that's crazy. That's almost yeah. like how people come to Nacho Kids and, and talk about how it's not not right or it's wrong or ineffective or whatever. And then, have you ever done it? Nope. <laughs> yep. I don't know nothing about it except it, for it, it reminds me of Doritos. Or it wouldn't work for me, therefore it won't work for anybody. Right. Okay. <laughs> One other thing that Anthony and I talk about is being a resource versus a vent group. Tell me how you do it. (laughs) I tell you one way he does it is they vet their members. When I say Uh they vet them, I mean, I think they have to give email addresses. They have to do certain things. And it may cost money. I'm not sure. Well, the difference here as you're talking how how do we handle that? And I can tell you how we handle that. We have the Nacho Kids Academy. Right. Well, and that's There's, probably what he does. But Right. Well, and two, he just don't allow crap in his Facebook group. Yeah. Now, we do, to a degree, as much as we can moderate it. But right. there's, a, there's a massive difference 
between the Facebook group and the Nacho Kids Academy. Oh my gosh. It's massive. Like it's night and day. It's like and a I, flea market versus Nordstrom. <laughs> but I, I really think the biggest difference is because there's people that are genuinely wanting to vent and then people who are genuinely wanting to get help. Right. And and when you have people that gather together that all of them won't help, like in the academy, then you have, I mean, the quality of the conversations, the questions, the answers are just, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the that's what he's talking about. And we have barriers. If you want to be somebody who's in this, the barrier is there's a small investment. Mm-hmm. The barrier is you can't just go to Facebook. You know, you have to log in. Even though it's a small barrier, it's still barriers to get to that group that is really trying to change their life and change their situation. Mm-hmm. All right. I told y'all we were going to keep this short, and I lied. It's not as short as I had thought. Anyway, David, let's get to listening. Let's do it. Today, we have Anthony Cancel. Hey, Anthony, how are you? Well, Lori, how are you doing? Doing good. So, Anthony, I'm just going to get right down to it. What do you do? Oh, I do a few things. <laughs> so, I am the founder and CEO of a company called Pro Save Dad. And we have about 10,000 dads that kind of are members of, of the company and our group. And what we focus on within that respect is basically dads helping dads in court and in life. Predominantly, we deal with trying to help dads to be prepared and represent themselves with family court cases and family court situations that they end up finding themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I do. In collaboration with that, we have just recently started a new charity foundation called the Pro Se Family Foundation. And what that's going to kind of focus in on is kind of scaling what Pro Se Dad is nationally and hopefully eventually globally. So you're not going to just be Pro Se Dad anymore? We're not. I mean, I mean, we do have some moms in our group, believe it or not. We do have a lot of women that, that support, you know, the dads that are in the group mm-hmm. on behalf of the dads. Uh, we have stepmoms and we have grandmothers and aunts and girlfriends and fiancés. So we do have a lot of couples, nacho kids style. You know, we do have a lot of blended, you know, families, mm-hmm. right? Where, uh, as you all know, right, dad has a kid and he's got a new wife girlfriend, your fiance, and obviously, in addition to the complexities of that, you sit all way in having to deal with court, and uh, it just makes for a fun Saturday night. So, uh, <laughs> a fun Saturday night, so, yeah. So we, <laughs> so we do, but yes, the, the foundation would be, the goal basically is a new path, and it's, it's centered around creating a new path to both parents and both families for the kids. So what we're going to try to do is kind of try to bring mom into the conversation as well in the sense of trying to kind of understand and show her a way out of her situation also. Because, you know, what we find a lot of times is that when a couple separates or divorces or, you know, what have you, um, a lot of times you just kind of go with what you're supposed to do. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what? Well, that's got an attorney, right? Go file for custody and child support. And a lot of times it's kind of like knee-jerk reactions. And then once you kind of get put into that process, you're kind of just taking for a whirlwind. And um, you don't know enough about your rights or your partner's rights or your kid's rights or what the attorney says. You say, okay, yeah, sure. And, hey, did he ever do this? Did he ever scare you here? Or did she ever do this and the other? And you're like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And all of a sudden now, right, mm-hmm. you're just kind of in kind of like, whirlwind going on and we feel that if we're able to catch mom before she splinters off drastically as well that maybe we can remedy this before it even starts so that's going to be one of our big initiatives on the foundation side but with the group side you know we continue to you know try to educate dads provide resources we have some pretty new cool initiatives going on that literally is launching today as I told you, uh, uh, at 7 o'clock tonight. So, you know, hopefully we can touch base into that a little bit. But to answer your question, yes, we will also be expanding uh, to, to women as well. Okay, so just to ask, are you more of a mediator or an educator? Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> it comes situational-wise. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, not, we're not official anything. You know, we're official dads. That's what we're. We're official dads who have survived their own particular plight and are taking our own experiences and our own education and trying to share with others so that Mm -hmm. we can build upon each other and help each other. So we do act as mediator in the sense of a situation is is given if something's happening. We will kind of come in, not, not specifically with mom, but we do take mom's point of view, right? And say, well, hey, you know, well, maybe the kid shouldn't be doing that. Or maybe you you could have worked that out, or maybe you could go through this approach. Right. You're realistic. Exactly right. You know what? And I think that's probably a good way to, to say it is. We're just, we're just about, it's not about being right. It's just about making it work. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to implore. That's, that, that's our end goal anyway, you know? So do you, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. So do you go to court with people or... Kind of tell me the process. I come to you, and I'm going to family court with my ex. We just split up, and we have one child. Okay. So typically, what we, we try to do is we try to quantify, you know, where you are in that process. Mm-hmm. And then kind of provide resources to you to help you to, to the next steps. And sometimes that requires we can't go to court in the sense of to obviously represent them because we're not attorneys, nothing we do or say is legal advice. Mm-hmm. But we do provide emotional support. We do provide court watchers that will, if it's on Zoom and it's allowed, we will join the Zoom or we will have local dads mm-hmm. that'll meet up and go to the courthouse when you're having a hearing for that additional sense of comfort because no matter how prepared you may be, when the day comes, you know, you're talking about your kid. You're yeah. talking about one of the most personal human elements in your life, right? Mm-hmm. And you're battling, you know, not that it's just exclusively men, but predominantly men. You're battling for the right to just be a parent. And um, that obviously that, that affects your, con- your, your conscience. That affects your concentration your emotions, right? We try to keep everybody in check and just sticking to the process, just sticking to 
rules and statutes and case law that we feel may help your particular ask that you may be going into court for. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit, you know, again, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> if I came to you and I said, I need help burning my ex a new one, what is your response? You're in the wrong group. You know, we don't even, while we can't control everybody, we don't even, we try to refrain from allowing our members to say, I want to burn the judge anymore. I want to burn my attorney or the court system anymore. And the reason why is because not that none of them deserve it. They all may. And they all may collectively, right? One big burn fest. But our ultimate goal is to achieve tranquility with your child. Mm-hmm. And to achieve a life with your child, a new life, a new family, right? Which is exactly what you, know, you guys kind of sent around, right? Mm-hmm. Is in order to get there and all the challenges that just being a blended family obviously offers, you need to be able to kind of put a lid on what you have going on here. So, one of the things that I have found is that unless you're really focused on finding a solution, then you're just always going to be in court. You're always going to be a litigant. And although we are pro se, right? We are pro se dad. I like to think we try to focus on representing yourself, not just in court, but in life. Right. And to your kids. And it's, It's showing them, listen, when your back is up against the wall, when you are challenged beyond your wildest dreams, you know, it's okay to get angry. It's okay to be upset. But ultimately, you got to find a resolve and you got to find solutions, right? You got to do the work. Mm -hmm. You got to do the research. You have to educate yourself. And you have to even have to challenge yourself. You have to humble yourself and say, well, man, maybe I was wrong in that situation. Maybe I was wrong in this situation. Because if you have a chip on your shoulder, if you come into this with, I want to, you know, rip my, my ex a new one, then that's all you're going to see. And that's all you're going to focus on. You're not going to challenge yourself to find a solution, to say, well, hey, you know what? How can I make this work? Okay, so it's realistic. I want 50-50 or she may want 50-50. We just can't logistically make that happen. It's just an impossibility, right? Mm-hmm. And this child is, needs to be in one home or another. And Which one is the better home and which one, not the better home, but which one provides the best opportunities maybe or, or which one just kind of just works better or maybe they both do. But ultimately... We want to create and develop skills in our members so that they can take that skill and apply it, not just in this scenario, but hopefully in all of the scenarios in their life, mm-hmm. because they may be coming to court for something else that's outside of family court, right? They may be challenged at work for a job opportunity, right? They may be challenged for getting a promotion or finding a new job or finding a new house or starting a new business. And the skills that we're trying to kind of push forward is, hey, let's take our challenges. Let's look at them. Let's dissect them. Let's 
create a strategy around them. Let's create a plan around them, right? Let's do research on how we're going to achieve our goals and what we're, where we're trying to go. Let's not worry about tearing anybody down. Right. We don't got to head down. We got to head by pushing ourselves forward. And we just need to do a better job maybe of illustrating that. And although it could be frustrating, as I'm sure you hear in your group a lot, about bias maybe in the court systems and this, that, and the other. And, and then it, the way it trickles out in your group where now you have a significant other. Now you're consumed by your current situation. You're consumed by your current case, right? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it feels like, man, well, we have like three people in this relationship, right? I mean, it's me, you, and her, right? right? And, you know, mm-hmm. we need to kind of move on. And I understand you have your kids, but I have my kids too, right? Mm-hmm. And I have an ex. I'm dealing with my ex. How come you're not dealing with yours? And all of these different variables for insanity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you learn that skill of, hey, hey, let's just, let's work the problem. Right. Okay, yes, I didn't like the way that ruling came out, but is the judge corrupt or did she just rule in the way I didn't like, right? Like, right. I maybe I don't agree with that code or with that statute. But the judge ruled within her authority, right? She, you know, so there's a difference of perhaps ruling incorrectly, mm-hmm. right? And being corrupt. Okay, maybe she could have made a mistake, but she was within her her authority. So yeah, you could appeal it, you could vacate it, you could motion for reconsideration or whatever. But I think that that distinction is so critical mm-hmm. because it kind of takes you off the edge. Right. It takes you off, you know, that. Come on. Come on. No, no, no. I got to pay her back. You know, right. No way. She can't learn a lesson. She, I got to stop her from doing it again. All right. Well, well, guess what? If you don't get out of that routine, not only are you going to always be in that routine, but it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. because you're in this cycle. Right. And every time, you know, you're being malicious or you're being just all out crude and whatever. Well, guess what? Mom has probably learned what she needs to do to record you, to get an email on that, have a videotape of you, knows how to file, knows how to call her attorney. They go in and, oh, look, this is what dad is doing when he picks up the kids. And, you know, we got to take another day away. Mm-hmm. And just aggravates that even more, right? And it's just this vicious cycle. Right. That that's gone, and somebody has got to put the brakes in there. Uh, and we try to, we try to be that barrier to say, hey, 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 let's let's just hold on a, a second here, and mm-hmm. let's see what we can try to do. So, to answer your question, yes, we don't, and and honestly, we we remove many that um, from the group mm-hmm. that don't adhere to our rules. Uh, our ultimate goal and our DNA, you know, that's not who we are. There are many groups out there to go to and talk about all that stuff. And, and I get venting is needed. Mm-hmm. I just know when I went through it, what I needed was a resource that could provide me information that could be actionable, that I could feel like, okay, I'm, I'm making progress here. I'm able to get maybe a, a buzzword here, right? Mm-hmm a thought process over here and say, well, wait a minute, you know what, if I can do that, then let me look this up. Cause if it works here, 
And maybe I'm just looking at it wrong over here. Maybe I can look at it this way and that way. And and we grow and we educate. You know, we self-educate. And we ultimately empower ourselves to be in a position that we understand that if mom or if it's mom and dad is doing something, what's not going to get to us? Because I know that that's just dad being an idiot or mom being an idiot. And I still have my rights. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not going I know you're saying I can't take the kid on vacation. I know I can take the kid on vacation. You can go all you want and if you're not going to agree you have I'm giving you 14 days to agree as the order says and if you don't then I'm just going to file with the court for enforcement. Mm-hmm. And that's done. Then you know right that takes that whole weight off of your shoulders. Let mom boil in the corner over there and now applying it to your group Turn to your new significant other. Turn to, you know, your new stepkids, you know, your new family and so forth and say, hey, come on, let's let's enjoy our Saturday night as opposed to sitting here banting over how wrong this is, et cetera. Right. So it sounds like a lot of what you do is you take the emotion out of the court process. It's an excellent way of saying it. And and we try. And, and we absolutely try it. And that's actually a, a very good way of saying it. It's almost, you know, it's almost like why they don't allow surgeons to operate on their family members, mm-hmm. right? Because they're emotional. And anything is going to trigger them, right? Oh, my God, there's a bleed. And all of a sudden, right, they start getting frantic. And they may miss certain things. Mm-hmm. So emotions are blinding variable. And although you can't obviously always remove it, but if you can contain it, if you can utilize it, then it becomes your genesis. It becomes your work, right? So as opposed to getting upset that mom is not letting you have the kid or you go to go pick up the kid and she's not there or she's an hour late like she always is or dad is as well, then you say, all right, cool. Well, you know what? I'm going to go down to the police station. I'm going to file a custodial interference report. Tomorrow, I'm going to get a copy of the report. I'm going to go to the courthouse, file a one-page motion to enforce. Mm-hmm. So if I use that emotion, it doesn't mean I'm not going to get upset over that. Sure, I am. But what gets dads or any parent the most upset is the feeling of inadequacy, is the feeling of I have no control right. over my own. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that by learning and you know honing in on this skill, you gain that back. You clip the other parent from feeling so superior. And although, and I can hear my my good fellow that although yes, the courts do embolden, you know, some parents. Sure, mm-hmm. they do. But you know what? I have to do a better job to clip the court as well, right? So I have to make sure that. The court is being reminded of their discretion sometimes, being reminded of my rights as a parent, of my kids' rights, right, mm-hmm. of previous court orders, of, of uh, certain statutes. So I need to be educated on that. So if I can remove all that emotion, then I'm just left with time, right? Because emotion, emotion is a time eater. Yes. I can sit here angry for hours 
as opposed to be like, oh, you know what? That's what it is. Now what? What are we going to do? Yep, next. Let's put that to the side. <laughs> exactly right. Let's put it to the side. Let's, let's, let's go. I mean, listen, applying it to what you guys, right, in your group as well, I mean, it's just a regular family, right? Mm-hmm. It's a regular family on steroids because everybody has <laughs> all these other connecting paths into this family, right? There's so many relationships and so many bonds mm-hmm. that have to come so, and that's why I really feel this skill of being able to harness your emotions, tamper them, both to let's work the problem, to apply that to your blended family, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, all my dads are going to be in a blended family. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. <laughs> I mean, it just, it, right? So, you know, that's, that's something where I hope to do a good job. So by the time they get to your group, they're, they're, they're ready to go. <laughs> so... So we'll see how that goes. So do you mostly deal with custody and divorce cases, or do you de- ever deal with like child support or relocations where one person wants to move and the other person doesn't? Is there a variety of things you do? And if so, what's the biggest topic? To answer your question, we, we do, we deal with them in a the sense of the child support, alimony, temporary alimony is always part of the equation, right? Mm-hmm. No, you know, no pun intended, but because <laughs> it's just it's just kind of part of right overnights and and that whole thing. We do not allocate a lot of resources in a sense of fighting child support in you know, calculation wise, rights wise, whether if courts have jurisdiction to pose that. But it's funny because we what we do deal with within when it comes to child support a lot of times is some of our dads end up getting arrested to have a warrant right because they're in the arrears. Oh, that's not and, good. <laughs> yeah, so they all end up getting obviously arrested, and they have to post you know bail and you know trying to get bond and all that and the other, which ultimately also affects custody. So they're kind of all you know intermingled, but the main driver is I just want to be a dad. Right, mm-hmm. and I, I want to have as much time as possible while being fair to mom, which nets out at fifty-fifty. Right, and uh, that's where we try to kind of hone in on because that kind of that kind of guides everything else. Because if you have fifty-fifty, well, you know what, the child support calculations are going to be adjusted accordingly. Right, so we try to come at it from just a, a custody, you know, custody perspective. Um, and then the biggest issue, a lot of times, I mean, right now, we have a, a poll in our group trying to identify, well, where is everybody mostly on in the stages within this custody fight? And a lot of the, the dads are where they've split. There's no filing done. And mom is primary. And um, we find that pretty interesting because that's almost right at the beginning of the process mm-hmm. that if we're able to kind of really get in there and say, well, hey, let's let's try to create some new paths here for everybody. You know, hopefully we can kind of close off the faucet, right? Right. So that down the river or, you know, or put up a dam so that eventually that water kind of runs dry. That's typically, I would say, the, the biggest issue. Now, within that respect or that spectrum, we have alienation where it's either direct or indirect alienation, where mom is 
intentionally or dad is intentionally keeping the child away, talking bad about the other parent, um, severing that relationship, interfering with parenting time, or indirect ones where they basically use kind of psychology and emotional guilt and so forth, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, neither is, is good for the child, but that's one of the biggest issues within that realm, if you will, of, of custody that we, we kind of look at also because it has such a such an emotional effect, mm-hmm. right? Obviously on that, on the child, fortunately we lose, you know, we've lost a few dads along the way, you know, because it becomes, it's been so much for them. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just a, a real area where we, we try to devote a lot of uh, resources. So you help dads more that are just in the beginning of the process. So if my husband and I were getting divorced, he could come to you and get help with what he's entitled to or what the rules are of the family court system to get a better understanding of it. But if we've been divorced for three years, never had a custody schedule, would you help somebody with that? Or it's just more in the beginning stages? No, 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 no. I mean, we, we help, we help the entire spectrum. Okay. What I was referring to is that we are seeing that we're getting an influx right. of pre-filing dads, which is great because what that tells me is that dads are starting to understand, as in your example, hey, I'm about to get divorced. I need to prepare myself here. Mm-hmm. Many years ago, even when myself went through it, there wasn't that many resources. You Dad's kind of trying to file for custody kind of really wasn't heard of. Tender years was not that it was still followed, but it was still kind of in conversation. Mm-hmm. Me being with my kid, I would still get like, oh, so you're babysitting comments and all of that, right? right. So <laughs> me waiting for him outside is me and 900 other moms. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But nowadays, what that shows me is dads are starting to really realize that, well, hey, no, 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 I also have a right here. I just don't know what to do. So to your point, they would come. Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of dads say, hey, I'm separating. What, what do I do? Where do I go? What do I file? What do I have to look out for? How do I make sure that I have custody of my kid? How do, you know, how do I even work with mom? You know, are there agreements or contracts or examples that you guys have used? Um, and again, you know, none of it's legal advice because we're not attorneys, but it's just what we've kind of amassed throughout the years. Right. We have a very deep info directory of different forms and, and mm-hmm. of information. We're currently creating a whole other hierarchy of that. We're now launching, which is today, it's our, our, our first, what we are calling war rooms. We, what we've done is we've split out the country into five regions and have assigned kind of captains to these war rooms across the country and have built a team where what we're hoping to do is to be able to not just help one particular dad kind of support them, but kind of create a path forward that we can then duplicate and scale for all the other dads in that particular situation, right? So dad who is literally pre-separation, well, here you go. Here's kind of like, a game plan, right? Yes. Which is, 
I mean, and I know we're probably decades behind and years behind because a lot of moms have had various books on that and so forth. But um, I think that'll that'll be a, a huge help. Ultimately, to mitigate and just stop the silliness, right? right. I mean, if if it's just to say, listen, yes, we, you know, we, you know, we're getting separated. That's fine. But listen, let's just agree on a on a on a fifty fifty schedule. Now, if not, then I'm going to go to court, right? And and the more dads get empowered with that, the same way moms have used that line for decades, right? Oh well, yeah, I'm going to go to court. I'm mm-hmm. going to file for child support. I'm going to get custody if you don't agree to this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, it's sort of kind of saying, well, dads can dads can play that game too. And hopefully, like in an NFL, and both teams are flagged, hey, they negate each other, and it's a do-over. So hopefully, <laughs> both threats are thrown, and ultimately, it says, okay, you know what? Let's just not even right. waste our time. And money, so and stress. Exactly. The family court system is stressful. Going to court is stressful. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. It, it really is. I mean, it's, a, it's funny because we get into, in the group, into the... Very hypothetical, let's say, intellectually challenging debates about, well, we don't need a family court system. And we go back, you know, down to Roman times and came from Britain and maritime law and all of these great rabbit holes. But ultimately, we need a process that is going to help out those that can't help themselves. Right. And we're trying to work on kind of kind of coming at this two ways with the foundation. So what we want to kind of do is basically modernize an antiquated family law system to kind of do away with a lot of the redundancies and just overall process and access to information and knowledge. In the meantime, on the pro se side, is to educate those on the processes and laws that exist today, right? Because we have a lot of rights there that we just don't know about. And if we don't exercise those rights, then we lose them, right? We allow somebody else to dictate right. what's going to happen, what's going to happen with us. So that that's how that's how we're, we're trying to come at that. Yes. And I'm so glad that you're helping people because one of the biggest things that drives me crazy is the cost financially, not including emotionally, to go through the family court system. Yep. And I mean, and, and you look at, at the point that you guys take over, you have a new family, a new blended family, and you, you're now in the process of creating new goals, new dreams, right? Want to visit new places and maybe get a new home. And that's money that can be used for both parents and both parents' new blended family, right? They're both going to have blended families. Mm-hmm. And why not? Say, hey, let's just let's just get done with this. Let's get done. You know, let's figure out the kid, and let's both move on. Let's both go, right? I mean, a lot of times it, it, it's anger, there's hurt, is you know, maybe it's infidelity, or maybe it's just just don't love me anymore, or whatever. And you have all this anger, and that gets thrown into that process. Right? Well, you're never going to see the kids because of that, right? And how dare you do that to me? And this, that, and the other. And if we can just stop that, to your point, listen, let's save that money. Let's use that money for our new families, mm-hmm. for our new lives, you know, so we can, we can just kind of move on and launch new businesses maybe and, you know, just really enjoy 
the days we have left and enjoy the time we can have with our kids. Because what what does it benefit any of us if we're now all going to Halloween, right? Aren't the new family. And now it's supposed to be my Halloween, but now you're coming in and you're, you know, complaining and saying no and this, that, and the other. Come on, let's just let's just try to make it work, right? Let's work the problem. Let's just mm-hmm. work the problem. Right. You had mentioned a minute ago, if you don't do the work, you'll always be in court. And that is so true because if you don't learn every detail of what you can, you're going to miss something and you're going to have to go back to court and fight over it if your ex is one of these, let's go to court people. And, you know, and not only that, but even within your own order, you know, many times, you know, what happens is I've had dads that be like, well, I, I wish I could take a vacation with my daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why haven't you gone on vacation? Well, because I can't. Mom says I can't. Okay, but it's not mom's call. I mean, you have to request, you have to, you know, ask in the sense of, well, hey, and not even, because even some orders, you just have to notify within 60 days, within 90 days, right? So right. that you're going to utilize your vacation time during this period. And a lot of dads don't even know that they have those clauses in their orders. So here, they'll go years without going on vacation because they haven't taken, not even, not, that's not even say to learn the laws. It just read your order. <laughs> you know what I mean? What if you have a dad that his order or the mom is saying, no, you can't take my kid on vacation. And the court order says they can. So many don't fight that because they don't want to go back through the court system or they don't want the bio mom keeping the kid from them. It's out of fear. All right. All right. Correct, and you're absolutely right. I mean, and that's and that's part of the empowering, right? So, to to your your point, you know, you have to know, you know, you have to know the process because in that situation, that's a simple. As long as you are putting the vacation request in, right? As long as you are following the court order like you're supposed to. As per stated in the court order, and typically it'll be 60 days, 90 days, whatever. And you follow it and you send the email and say, hey, look, I'm looking on September, whatever. This is what I'm looking for just to let you know. Can you just, you know, can you just confirm that we're, we're okay on this? Not necessarily that. I mean, yes, you can somewhat say, hey, does this work? That kind of opens up a can of worms sometimes where I'll tell my dad is say, listen, have two or three date ranges ready to go. And if you have a sense that she's going to say no just to say no, throw out a date range that you don't want, mm-hmm. so you get your no, and then you throw out another date range of the ones you want, right? Because now when you go to court, right, to enforce that, you say, well, look, I even went and I even got another set of days. Because mm-hmm. those days she didn't agree. Oh, I, I don't really need an agreement. But I had a consideration, right? Right. I even, and she still... So now I just need the court to help me with this clause. And the court, nine out of ten times, will. Unless mom comes back or the other parent comes back with, oh, well, that's when, you know, Timmy is having surgery on his. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, number one, dad, why didn't you know that, right? Is that a whole other can of worms? Right. Right. Because now 
you, what you've just demonstrated to the court is that, A, well, either A, mom is not sharing that information, and you should have known, or maybe mom has it said, look, here's the email I sent to him regarding that data, and he's not reading it. Mm-hmm. I can't help that. Right? So, so that's where, again, that skill of saying, hey, let me work the problem, let me make sure of what the situation is, right? Well, I want these dates. She's saying, no, she said it's because of this. Well, was there an email on that? Is she right? Mm-hmm. Saying is she right is not a curse. You know what I mean? Right. It's just making sure that you aren't wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Right? So it's just about saying, oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe she was, maybe she was right here. Oh, okay, you know what? My bad. I missed that. Right? Right. Ultimately, I, I, I really do believe that most judges, I think, start at a good place, start with good intentions. I, I, I do think the responsibility they bear is tremendous, right? Where it is their responsibility to place another human being in one home or the other. And you, as a judge, don't have the luxury to fully interview both of these people. Right. To fully to both of these people's lives. And I'm sure many judges would love to do that. Well, that that's going to be one of my questions is why can't they? They are going off of, oh, the family court system frustrates me. And you can tell me if you don't want to talk about this, but if they're going off of an attorney usually that was paid by somebody to, quote, quote, get to know them and represent them in court, these attorneys the majority of them do it for a paycheck. So they really could care less if they fight for you and tell the judge the good things and things that would sway things in your favor. You know what I'm saying? Because there's been uh, attorneys that I've seen that they just don't represent people very well, but yet the judge's decision is based off of that. So why can't the judge just talk to them? Well, I mean, the, 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 logistical answer is just because of the workload. I mean, you look at these judges' dockets, right? I mean, man, I don't know if you've ever sat in in, in a courtroom. Oh, I've been in the family court system for 17 years. (laughs) Okay, so if you you, you sit there, right? So as you sit there, you just see the number of cases that fly through that judge's desk, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. from just a logistical perspective, Stand a point point of view, it's it's almost impossible. But I think you actually said something which I made a note of because I, I, I'm going to actually make sure I speak speak to this in, in the group because you actually said something which I think is very key. You said I pay the attorney to get to know me to represent me in court, right, on my behalf. Mm-hmm. Now that's that's not incorrect. But I think that's a misconception. The attorney is not trying to get to know you. The attorney, the attorney has the same reasons that the judge can. The attorney, and not only that, the attorney is trying to get to know what he needs to know to win the case, right? And I'll give you an example. So, Lori, so tell me, so when you went to pick up your son, what happened? Mm-hmm. As the attorney, I need to hear from you that you went and dad refused. Dad said no, right? And he kept the job. Mm-hmm. So, but now you go and you say, well, you know, what happens is what always happens. And this is why I divorced him. 
because he can't handle his his anger. You know, because every time I want something, I he goes it. and I, I get it. The handle. Mm-hmm. Right. So now you are telling, right? You're showing the attorney who you are. Hey, this is me, right? This is my life, my experience. Mm-hmm. But that does mean no good because none of that is relevant to the law. Right. So I'm going to say, hey, Laurie, that's great. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, but when you got there, what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, but I'm trying to tell you what happened. I told you. And I went and, and I called out, you know, my kid's name. And I did this and I, and we spent 20 minutes talking about your drive to that town. When all I need to know is I got there, I called them, this is the text I got back. And he refused. And that's all I need. But now, what ends up happening, because this is such an emotional state, and I'm going to, uh, I, I, actually, I think it's a great <laughs> example to use, and hopefully my, my wife is here with it. But, so <laughs> when we were having blended family, right? My wife was pregnant with, with, with our daughter, and we're going to you know, a lot of different doctors and, and all that to, to make sure we, we get the right doctor. So when our daughter comes out, right? So we go, and, you know, we meet with this doctor. And, oh, my God, what a great guy he is. Just, you know, the conversation was also fantastic. Finally, the doctor we end up choosing is dry as you know, He's just, listen, they call me a god because I save babies. Oh, gosh. And this is what we're going to do. You're going to need to do this. I already see from your scan. My, my wife had a condition where the body was kind of attacking the placenta. Mm-hmm. I can already see a little bit scarring. So you're immediately going to start doing this. And she had to take shots and all this. So, I mean, dry as hell. Mm-hmm. And my, my wife was like, I can't. I mean, I can't have that. And my point was like, listen, we don't want him to be our friend. Like, we're not trying to go out and have dinner plans with this guy. <laughs> we want who knows what the hell they're doing. Right. And, and long story short, he ended up obviously, you know, performing the birth and, and helping out with the whole pregnancy. And all his reviews came back like that. He has no bedside manner. He's a dry fish. Uh-huh. But the most extraordinary you'll find. Same thing with on the attorney side. We want somebody who's going to understand and connect with us on an emotional basis. The attorney typically just wants to know, this is the medicine you need to take. I need you to report to me every two or three hours if you feel the Yes, it's a fact, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. And there, there is a, a gap between our expectations of what an attorney is and what the attorney is going to deliver. Now, that's not to say that attorneys don't take advantage, if you will, or attorneys, you know, don't create billable hours and so forth, of course. I mean, we, we have that in all walks of life, mm-hmm. in all professions. You just have bad people. You have ignorant people. Right. You have people who just don't do the job well. Um, and that's on us to make sure that when we go to interview those people, that it be a contractor for our house, let it be a salesman for our car that we go to a dealership to go buy, right? A mm-hmm. dentist, you know, a heart surgeon. It's on us to make sure that we're able to weed out the right personnel for what we're trying to do. So 
one of the things we do, we actually have a, a list of attorneys we refer that okay. we've compiled from all our pro se debts because we're not anti-attorney. Right. We're not anti-judge or anti-family court system. We are anti, I want to say we're, we're, we're not, not uh, ignorance is a strong word. We're anti-dysfunction. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. So. Oh, I like that. <laughs> we want to, yeah, so we want to make sure that if you have an attorney, it doesn't mean we bless all attorneys, just like I wouldn't bless anything of anybody, right, mm-hmm. on a whole. So we don't bless all attorneys, but we do try to compile and say, well, these dads have had good experiences. So what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to make you the best client possible to that attorney, number one, so that you're not sitting there getting billed for an hour conversation about your ride to dad's house. Right. So we're going to try to tell you, listen, what he wants to know, and this is why he needs to know what did that say? Did you have a text? Did you follow police report? We feel like that it's important for the attorney and the judge to know who we are as people. Like that has an influence on how much time we get with our kids. Ideally, that would be great. Well, he, here's the thing is that, but that's also subjective. And this is where we kind of try to bring doubles, you know, play doubles advocate mm-hmm. here sometimes. Meaning, do we really want to judge making a decision? based on a subject or on non-specific elements in our lives. So what's going to define a good mom, a good dad, right? We leave that arbitrarily up to the judge's discretion. We're inviting even more miscalculations, right? We're inviting even more chaos because I have nothing hold you against, right? We already have issue with the best interest of the child. Right. We already have, that's already subjective, if you will. But not for nothing, the, the courts and the laws have tried to establish guidelines and definitions within that, right? Each state has a certain set of factors that the judges have to look at, mm-hmm. you know, both emotions, do you want your kid, are you in a financial capacity? Are you geographically close to to the child, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have, you know, do you have any past civil issues, any allegations, right? Any charges? So, you know, a lot of these states have tried to better define certain criteria. Mm-hmm. Can't just say, "Well, I hit all these, give me the kid," either, because again, ultimately, the judge has to compile all this, right? And say, well, I think from what I can read, because I can't, as much as I would love to be able to sit with you over dinner and talk <laughs> to you, right? I can't do that, right? So I can only go by the papers in front of me, evidence in front of me. And of course, it's all just a dog and pony show, but that's all I can go by. That's all I, as a judge, am confined yeah. You know, because me as a judge, I have my own bench book that has specific guidelines as to what I can and cannot do. Right. So, and we want that. We, you know, we, we, we want certain regulations and guidelines in place. Mm-hmm. I think that what happens is we misconceive or ill-conceive 
knowing what the guidelines are that guide the process mm-hmm. with corruption, with bias. Not to say it's not there. Right. Of course, that's just human nature, right? It's just human nature as an attorney. Sure. I'm only in there for a paycheck because I have a family myself. Right. And you can't get emotionally attached to everybody. Exactly right. Right. I mean, you just, you just can't. I mean, I have 300. I mean, I worked at a family law, law, law firm. You know, you have literally hundreds of clients coming through. I mean, even in the group, right? I mean, we're close to 10,000 dads. I get, you know, 20, 30 messages a day of different messages, different situations, but they're all similar. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's a different world for that individual. It's his entire world, but that individual's case is just part of my world. Right. Same thing with right? Same thing with the attorneys. Yep. And sometimes that frustration of like, my goodness, look at what I'm going through. We feel it's not being appreciated. And sometimes it is, but it can only be appreciated for an hour because guess what? As soon as you leave here, I'm going to have another dad that's going to come in here. That hasn't seen his kid for two years. Right. And then after him, I have another dad that's going to come in here that hasn't seen his kid for four years. Right. Right. And I can't sit here and get emotional and say, well, I'm going to spend two days with you, Lori, while hundreds of other dads are now piling up. Right. <laughs> because, oh, I, yeah. So I have to do what? As, as a court, I also have to then delegate out and say, well, I need some help. Let me get a gal. Let me get a child psychologist. Let Mm -hmm. me do a custody evaluation. Again, does it mean that those individuals are all great? No. We apply the same concept, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is great. You'll have some bad people, some ignorant people, some just horrendous people. Yeah. But you also have some great people. Right. And it's our job to try to filter out for them. And for those that do do us harm, like if we go and buy a car from a dealership that's no good, I can do what? I can either say, oh, my God, I'm stuck with this car. Or if I somebody was with me and says, oh, hold up a second, there's a lemon law. You know that if within seven days or you know the specifics of the lemon law, you can go and you can then go and get your money back. Oh, I didn't know that, right? Mm-hmm. So... That's the part where don't accept your situation, right? Mm-hmm. But don't also forego any responsibility over that situation. Right. Right? So you are in the situation you're in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what can I do about this? Exactly. There has to be yep. something you can do about this. Because if we segue that into the blended family, listen. There's going to be situations as to, hey, well, why do you love your son more than you love my daughter? Mm-hmm. You treat him different than you treat her, right? Or right. vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and she's saying that you're not being nice to her, but yet he can do it or she can do it, right? You're going to have all, you're always, that's what life is about. But if you learn that skill of saying, hey, okay, this is the situation. Let's work the problem. There's right. got to be a way around. Just because I don't know that way right now doesn't mean one doesn't exist. It just means I haven't found it. Yes. It just means I haven't learned it. I haven't discovered it, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm in 
a forest, right, on with no path, it doesn't mean that there isn't a path to get through the forest. It just means I haven't found it. <laughs> right. So I got I have to find a way to find that path, right? Or carve my own path if I want to. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, just sitting down and saying, Well, there's no way forward, that's not an option. And although that is for some people, it's an unnecessary option. Right. You no, know? and or it may take you a little bit more work, a little bit more time because you're off the beaten path. But it doesn't mean there's no path there. So find your way there, call out for help. Maybe you hear somebody else that says, hey, I have a little bit of a path over here. Come this way. Right. And then together we carve our own way, right? And you find somebody else and, and then you start working as a unit and as a group. And dare I say, a pro say that. Right. That's how that works. Anthony, it has been great having you as a guest. I know you need to run, but tell people where they can find you. So awesome, awesome. So we have we have quite a, quite a few ways on Facebook, and where most of our dads meet up and talk, and and we do a lot of the things I talked about here. Uh, you could just type in Pro Say Dad Group into the search in in Facebook, and that'll come up for the foundation. It would be the Pro Say Family Foundation dot org, and that obviously we're open for donations. We are 501c3 pending, so for complete tax-exempt donation. And also, if you want to help out in some of these other initiatives that we have going on. And finally, com, where you can go ahead and join our group and also some of these other initiatives on the ProSayDad itself that we talked about. All right. Well, thank you so much, and we are really impressed with what you do and are proud that you are out there helping people represent themselves. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it, Laurie. I, I love what you guys are doing with the group. I definitely want to see how we can collaborate on that. And we've talked about that a little bit because there's definitely a segue from one to the other. And I think that, you know, we would both be a tremendous resource uh, for both groups. So yes. let's definitely try how we can make that happen. I definitely agree. Well, thank you again. And you have a good night. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I know someone that recently went through family court and represented themselves. And he said the people at the courthouse were very helpful with telling him what information he needed, what he needed to fill out, provided the forms and things like that. But they still didn't tell him everything. Like, for instance... I think he mailed his ex the paperwork, but mm-hmm. not certified. So there was no proof of delivery. Uh-oh. But she was there. So oh, good. Yeah. So there are things that I'm sure that Anthony goes over that people don't know. You know, you try to get them served by a server. If you can't get them served by a server, you after so many attempts, then you can go to certified mail. And then if they don't pick up the certified mail, you can list in the newspaper. So there's a lot more to this family court stuff than we think. And I know for myself, I didn't have time to learn all this stuff when my family court situation started. I was working full-time and raising a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, every other weekend I could have spent trying to figure this stuff out, but you got to remember that was almost 20 years ago and stuff wasn't as readily available to get help. 
would I represent myself today? You know, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that because I I know I could do it. Taking the emotion out would be a little difficult, but I could do it. But I also have mm-hmm. lost a lot of respect for attorneys over the years. So that would push me more to, I might as well try to do it. Heck, I can do better than they do. Mm-hmm. And again, what's funny is I say this from the winning side. I'm not saying this from, oh, Lori lost. I'm saying this from, I won and my attorneys were still crap. (laughs) Yeah. They leave a lot to be desired most of the time. They do. But we also have to remember, and I will say this, there are a few good attorneys. In fact, if you are in the Rock Hill, Fort Mill, Lancaster, South Carolina area, reach out to me and I'll tell you of a very good attorney in the Fort Mill area. But... To us, we expect them to be on top of our case. They might have 40 other cases going on. They might have a case going on where a child is being physically abused versus you're in there because your ex wants to take the kid to Disney and you don't want them to. Mm -hmm. So we do have to give them a little bit of slack, a little tiny minuscule bit. (laughs) But... Again, it's like we've talked about before. Don't spend more time researching an air fryer than you would on an attorney. So if you're interested in learning more about maybe not necessarily representing yourself, but understanding more of what you should expect from your attorney and what to look for in an attorney and what things you need to provide the attorney. The attorney don't need to sit there and look for three hours through Facebook at your ex's page to find stuff. He's wasting your money, people. Mm -hmm. Find out what you need to qualify for the changes you're expecting. So you can go to ProSeFamilyFoundation.org. And that's P-R-O-S-E FamilyFoundation.org. All right. Well, if I find myself back in court with you, I will call him. What, are we going to fight over the dogs? Yeah. You can have them. What? Oh, you don't love the pup-ups. I love them, <laughs> but I'm tired. <laughs> well, it's your decision to bring them into this world. You told me to get two. <laughs> All right, folks, so you don't have to hear me and David fight over the puppies. <laughs> somebody somebody was making a joke the other day, and they were like, well, at least you don't have to breastfeed them. And, and I looked at Lori and said, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're stupid. Okay, David's getting off the chain, folks. That means it's time to wrap it up. (laughs) All right, folks, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy your day and enjoy the rest of your year. And remember, for Lori and myself, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.